0: It was in 2002 when Joss Whedon released his cult classic, Firefly. And I remember watching it first run when I was a kid. I remember my family being so excited to see it on Fox, on broadcast television, because this was a different time. There was no streaming service back then, and it was such a completely developed world from the beginning it was lived in it was about people like us it was about people that struggled things were dirty things were broken things were held together with tape and some glue and I could see my world reflected in space 500 years from now which was such a interesting thing I'd been a science fiction nerd my entire life but I'd always seen it through Star Trek the Federation is spotless and it's clean but there wasn't a day-to-day struggle in star trek nobody was standing in line at the food bank in star trek it seemed like that sort of thing would have probably happened in firefly because in the opening episode the hour-long pilot it starts with the character malcolm reynolds and he fought in a galactic civil war and in this war you had a great system of planets you had core central planets that were highly developed where all the money was where the wealth was then you had the distant planets along the rim where people didn't have as much money and wealth and life was harder and so the war was about the central planets the alliance wanting to bring the outer rim planets the independent planets, the brown coat planets, to heal and under their control. And Malcolm Reynolds was a sergeant in the independent army, and the independents lost. So he became a drifter, a scavenger, a pirate. And so one of his scavenging jobs, there is a derelict spaceship that he has to go and pick clean. But it turns out salvaging from derelict spaceships is illegal in this world. So, he's spotted by local Alliance cruisers, and red flags are raised, and an alert is sent out to keep an eye out for a Firefly-class transport. And he realizes, oh, this hull that they got was imprinted goods. The hull itself was food, right? They scavenged food from a destroyed spaceship that had government prints on it, and nobody wanted to touch it. But... He had to sell it because if they didn't make the sale, they weren't going to be able to put gas in the tank of the ship, let alone patch it up. And along the way, they pick up two stray cats in the form of a Dr. Tam and his little sister River, and his little sister River is wanted by the Alliance, and... The doctor pays for their passage by being the medic for the crew, keeping everyone patched up because sometimes bullets fly. And in the fourth episode, Safe, the doctor and his little sister are on kind of a rustic backwoods border moon that barely has running water, let alone electricity, let alone a doctor. And so they see, oh, there is a doctor here, and they kidnap him. And... Then you discover that his sister is a little bit psychic. But the locals think she's a witch. So they decide, hey, we're going to burn both of them at the stake. And instead of taking the easy route, Malcolm Reynolds comes back and pulls out a shotgun and says, she's our witch. Cut her the hell down. And I could see such parallels between that intense level of caring about your family about saying you're with me so we're gonna take care of you no matter what in my own life growing up as a kid with my own kin and there were points where we didn't need to go to the food bank there were points when things were good they were stable and we could help out the others i had one set of cousins who came to live with us because their parents couldn't support them for a few months and then after that few months a year whatever was done they went back to live with their parents and then another set of cousins their parents had trouble paying for the school lunches and then my parents would cover the tab right to make sure my cousins had lunch and that was a great example of what to do for family when i was a kid that was a great example of how family should act that you take care of each other if you can and the initial inspiration for the show by joss whedon was a book he read called the killer angels about confederate soldiers after the civil war and the experience they had along the frontier trying to rebuild their lives and rebuild themselves and who they were after the war after having lost And I remember having the Confederate battle flag on my bedroom wall when I was a kid. And my family fought for the Confederacy during the Civil War. So we were the descendants of a losing side of that war. And I remember being a kid, and we went to Gettysburg. And then my dad took us on a big walk, and we went to visit Lee's statue. And it was... Such a reverent moment. We're like, oh, this was where the great general statue is. But at the same time, there was this sort of dual sense of patriotism that we were shown as kids, where we were taught to revere and love our nation, the United States. But also, there was this kind of romanticism for a country that we never knew, that only existed for a couple years, you know, during the war itself. And The reverence for the United States always took precedent over any sort of romanticism for the Confederacy. But I think too, you look for a story to define your life, to define who you are. And a lot of people, I know we did, we kind of latched onto that a little bit, right? Like As our identity is, culturally who we were, we were descendants of the Confederacy. And in my upbringing in my house there was no racial element to it it was more about being the descendants of a losing side and trying to fit that story into the grander narrative of who we were as Americans and other people that I knew latched onto that identity as a way to sort of escape from where they were but they brought a real kind of a racial element into it right like I remember my buddy's dad who was a truck driver when I was a kid who thought the clan was cool. And you know, at the time, being all of ten years old, I didn't understand what any of that meant. However, my parents thought the clan was a bunch of idiots, and the message I got from them was, it's not really a place where successful people go, and people that join those sorts of fringe organizations typically have a lot of problems elsewhere, and they don't have an identity to define themselves outside of whatever fringe group they think is neat. And so that element of being like a son of the south and all that was there for some, for many. But our family didn't take it to that extreme because in the household I grew up in, we were taught that slavery was wrong, that it was a great evil, and that was shown to be a given fact. But we wanted to be proud of where we came from. So there was a lot of divorcing the slavery aspect from our ancestors we wanted a story of who we were that was comforting i think that could make being working class easier an identity that was better than just based on money because in america a lot of your identity is based on money and when watching firefly seeing ourselves in firefly in the world there and the people that struggled you could see yourself as a big damn hero if i put a group of people together that i can trust and trust me and even if your own blood family isn't what you want it to be you can make your own and then you don't have to stay in one place you don't have to stay where you came from it taught me that you didn't have to be defined by your socioeconomic background and I didn't have to define myself by a war that somebody lost 120 years before I was born, that I could make my own identity, that I could chart my own course, have an adventure and be a hero. And I got to do that <laughs> and it was wonderful. <laughs> and that's what Firefly meant to me. That's all for me today. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next Monday morning at 0700 with a movie that means something to me.